You want to find your tribe of raving fans. I'm going to help you do it. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 316 Media, where we help you do better business. Hey everybody, this is Justin Lam, and you're watching episode 21 of Digging Deep, where we help business owners build better businesses. Today, I am joined by a wonderful individual I met a little bit over a decade ago. Um, at the time, we were both uh, working out of a gym. Um, I had a kinesiology practice and, uh, you know, building the, the photography end of our business at the time uh, to a point where it was sustainable and that I felt comfortable jumping. Uh, and at that time, I had a wonderful opportunity to meet a uh, martial artist uh, who was also on uh, the career path of being a financial planner. And, um, you know, he was starting on in his practice and now has become a, a very successful individual owning Westlife Financial Services, the financial sensei, uh, Alarize Fidei. Uh, Alarize, uh, I'm going to call you Ali from this point on, but uh, yep. Go for it, thank buddy. you so much for joining me today no here problem. on this show. Pleasure. So, it's been over a decade, um, and you know we were talking just before the show uh, started to be recorded. Um, what was that journey like? I mean, you started your career uh, in probably one of the worst times for a financial advisor to start their career, which was in the economic downturn of about two thousand and eight. So maybe you can guide me through of uh, you know what were you. What what happened? Like when when you why did you get into financial advising and and you know, of course the the thing that happened in the economy. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, pleasure to have this uh, chat with you, Justin. As you said, you know it's been it's been ten years and we both have come a long way. Uh, so um, I was working in the financial industry before becoming a financial advisor. So I worked for major banks. I started as a teller. And uh, then I was a personal banker. And uh, it was 2000, late 2007, early 2008, that, um, you know, I was working at a credit union, which I'm not going to name if you don't mind. And, you know, I, I just, you know, made the decision that, you know what, I just, I'm not a good employee. I just can't be an employee, you know. I like the financial services industry. I just didn't want to, you know, be an employee. And, you know, I hear this from a lot of people that, hey, I, I don't know, uh, left the security of, um, you know, being an employee. For me, with the, with the income that I had as a personal banker, which was like $2,500 a month, you know, net income, there was not much security anyways. You know, so it was an easier decision. And I was like, okay, you know what? I, I can make $2,500 on my own, which, you know, I couldn't for some time, actually. So it was a very humbling experience. Um, so I left the credit union and um, started working with one of the uh, major firms. Uh, and 2008, March 2008, I started with them. So... Um, you know, I passed, I got my insurance license as well. I had the mutual funds license and um, then I started the recession. The biggest economic downturn of our time, the great recession of 2008. So imagine being on 100% commission and, uh, you know, in the, worst, in the worst possible time. So it was very challenging and, you know, the good thing is, you know, I talked to my, uh, you know, directors at the time and I was like, hey, this is what I want to do, but I just need something else to keep my head above water, you know. So there is a process. It, it has to be approved because, you know, in financial industry, we are very regulated industry. So they just wanted to make sure there would be no conflict of interest or anything. So I could teach martial arts on obviously part-time basis. So I met the, uh, the owners of the club that we used to, we both worked at, and they were still my friends. Nothing but good experience from them, uh, with them. Uh, so, you know, I had my karate class and I had my kickboxing class. And, 
you know, I was really trying to do both because these are the only passions and these are the only things that I know. It's personal finance and martial arts. And I was really trying to do both at the same time, which is basically running two completely different businesses. And it reached to the point that I just had to pick one over the other. The other one could, you know, is still a hobby. You know, I still teach for as a hobby, but I don't look at it as a business. So, yeah, I just, and, you know, the other reason I was doing martial arts was, you know, it was really hard for me to, to build a practice from scratch, especially in that, you know, difficult time. So I needed something that I enjoyed doing and I, and I knew I was good at to, you know, to keep the spirit up, basically. So going forward in 2012, you know, I was uh, number one uh, in insurance in the greater Vancouver North region, same as 2014. And, you know, I wanted to become a division director at the, at the company, which, you know, for, and it was all, I couldn't make it happen. Uh, and in 2017, Justin, it reached to the point that I was like, okay, because working with a big company under the umbrella of a big company, it's, it's got its pros and cons. Uh, what, one of the cons is everything has to go through their um, marketing department. It has to get approved. To go through, through compliance. Their, yeah. you, you got it, buddy. You got it. And it, it's definitely more difficult to do some kind of personal branding. And with all due respect, I've never been a company man and I don't want to be a company man. Um, I'm very like, you know, I really work really well on my own. Call it a lone wolf, call it whatever you like it. You know, so in 2017, um, you know, I started looking around that, hey, if I want to become independent, how is how's it going to work? And for many, many years, many people working in the company are like, okay, you know what? So if imagine there is a door and pretty much everybody tells you, hey, there is nothing much going on. It's not going to be that, that much different or the grass is not going to be greener somewhere else. And for whatever reason, you're busy and you, you, you get comfortable in the company and all that. And you're like, okay, so why would I open that door? And, but it's 2017, it's reached to the point that, you know what, I think, let, let's, let's figure it out for myself. So I started, you know, talking to, you know, some, we call the managing general agency, which in their contract, they are like, you know what? You don't mention our name anywhere, right? You, it's, you're basically, we are, we are your back office. You're the business owner, you know, that's the only affiliation we have. And I was like, okay, you know what? Perfect. And I, I should tell you just the, the compensation uh, incentive was definitely a huge part of it for sure. You know, uh, working as an independent, obviously, you know, I got all, I have all the experience which I got from the, you know, the previous firm and it was just time to move on, go on my own. And it's been one of the best decisions I've made uh, in my life in any way, financially, everything. Uh, but looking back, I'm glad I had the opportunity to work, start working with a big firm initially i learned a lot for sure um well, but on the other hand absolutely on the other hand it was just time to you know leave the company in good faith keep the relationships there is absolutely no reason to build the you know to burn the bridges they were not mean to me they like you know they didn't do anything bad to me it, it's just a you know business decision that i made which was, I doubt it's, you know, it's time and it was, and I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, 
that story has a lot to unpack. So why don't we wind it back a little bit? So sure. um, let's talk about, you know, running two things in tandem. And when you're starting out, uh, I think, you know, there are a lot of people who are in these, this entrepreneur space, and especially now more so than ever, everybody's starting something new. They're getting into, you know, uh, the idea of building a business or doing something that they're deeply passionate about. Uh, and of course, we know uh, when you're starting out and you're trying to build something, money doesn't come necessarily easy. And, and as you alluded, yep. it was a humbling experience when you discovered Absolutely. making 2,500 bucks with, which should be easy. But then you know you kind of you kind of run into that wall and go, oh, okay, maybe it's not as easy as it thinks. True. What type of things or what uh, you know things motivate you during that time and kept you going? Um, you know, where you could have easily said, you know what, this is too hard. I'm just going to go back and work for the man for the time being. Great question, Justin. And that was the exact reason that kept me motivated because I was like, you know, when I uh, left the, uh, the credit union, the, the last, uh, you know, employment position that I had, you know, I came out you know, and, I, and you, you're like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay in the financial industry? And, um, you know, becoming a uh, certified general accountant was, was a route, was a path that I was looking at. Or becoming a personal trainer. And, you know, I was always a little bit lost, you know, for, for a short time. And, you know, there were offers on the table, you know, to, to stay a personal banker with another major credit union and one of the biggest banks that, you know, I used to work in. And, you know, I, I obviously had a good history. And they were like, okay, you started as a tailor. You can come back as a personal banker now because you got, you got the license and experience and everything. But I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is going to be a lateral move. What I'm not happy with is being an employee. And I say this with all the respect in the world for people who are working for a certain organization or, or for a certain company. I tell you confidently, working with many, many people over the years, this self-employed or business owner uh, title is something a lot of people carry. And I tell you this, a lot of business owners they should not be business owners in the first place or they are broke. The business is broke. And you like, you know, you, you look at the hours they put in and what they make, they, some of them, I don't know if they even make, you know, minimum wage. And for some people is just, I'm just sick of seeing people acting like, you know, fake it to make it, you know, uh, a lot of employees, they're happy. They're working for a good company. They're working for a good organization. And a lot of employees that I know, they make more than the self-employed or the business owners. So there is, I hate to give this message that there is something wrong with being an employee. Absolutely not. I was just, it was just not a right fit for me. And to be honest, if I had a good job with, and I was happy with my work environment, I probably would have stayed still. I don't know. I don't know. But reality is, you know, somewhere in my mind, and part of it is, um, I just don't like, I'm, I'm just one of those people. I don't like being told what to do. You know, it's yeah, just part of I, the personality. And I feel like entrepreneurship is, uh, as you alluded to, it is not for everybody. And no. there's certain characteristics that an entrepreneur exhibits. And although people, I think, glorify the entrepreneur, I mean, yes. you and I were both entrepreneurs before it was yep. popular. Um, Absolutely. You know, uh, I, I mean, by the time that I had met you, I had already run the rehab clinic um, for almost, a, almost eight years at wow. that time. Um, and you know, for me, it was looking at other people who were personal trainers or other things, and they were working on a commission basis alone. Um, and you know, they would squawk and wonder, you know, why I would be doing so much better than they were. But I also chose a different route. Like I rather work, um, and pay a rent 
to the to the organization and then just go and conduct my business whereas most of them have that scarcity mindset well what if i don't make it um you know it'd be better just to take a commission off of everything and then they squawk because you know they're not bringing in enough people and and they just put it on other things uh but they didn't look at you know what it is it takes to build a business and so you know, let's go to the hardships that you go yep. through and Absolutely. You know, maybe you can share some of the, the hard, you know, knocks that you had to take. You know, and I know a lot of this stuff is personal. We try not to, we try not to glorify or we try not to tell people because, you know, we feel that it colors, you know, how people perceive of us, but all of those bumps and obstacles that we, we hit, um, you know, land us to where we are today. Did you have anything really, um, either disastrous or, you know, something that, that really knocked the chip or the wind out of you for, for a time being uh, in that entrepreneurship journey? My early years, I would say really between 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, I'm talking about like, you know, almost four years, Justin. There were times like, you know, I still talk to my wife and I'm like, I don't know how I kept myself motivated. I really don't, you know, but I just never gave myself that option to go back. It was like, okay, I'm going to toughen up and I'm just going to go through it. And, you know, to, to add more things to that is, you know, when, you know, my wife uh, had moved from England, she couldn't do anything for a year. Like, you know, and so there was hardly any income, you know, and, you know, when you initially start in financial and a lot of people start with the raw market, you know, people they know, I got almost zero dollars in revenue from people I knew for whatever reason. And it's, it's one of those businesses, which is really awkward, Justin, because, you know, you want to do financial planning and you got to, you know, get to know what is going on in, in people's, you know, personal financial life. And even a lot of you, like, you know, friends and family, they're not comfortable revealing that to you, you know. Um, so, man, I went to Chamber of Commerce meetings, meetups, networking events, you name it, cold calling door to door and with every no it was like a blow to the ego you know but again it was just i don't know how many times i was okay what is the, what is the other option going back to the bank i'm not going to do that you know and i'm so glad in 2012 like you know things started you know turning around really well uh, and it was uh, it was obviously because of all the seeds that I had planted over the years, right? And with any kind of business, Justin, you have to look at it long term. So my mindset was, I'm going to make this work because this is what I want to do, right? And it doesn't matter how long it's going to take. And if I have to make compromises, in, you know, in the meanwhile, and I totally appreciate for for some people's, you know, situation, life situation, um, you know, is not, is not as easy. Like, you know, I have, like, you know, my wife was always supportive. She wanted me to do uh, what I, what I wanted to do. And, you know, but obviously we don't, we didn't have any luxury in our life. And at that time I didn't have uh, my seven-year-old son, like, you know, we didn't have any child. So, it was up to us, you know, you know, uh, living a very modest life. Everything is obviously relative. But, uh, you know, I just, and I think it was one of the things that, you know, my martial arts background really came into play. Uh, it was just keep going, you know, toughen up, keep going, learn if you're, like, you know, I stopped going to a lot of these networking, you know, events because I was just not getting anything out of it. Right? I was at wrong places, you know. And it's a relationship with, like most businesses, it's a relationship building business. And it's like, you know, it's still to this day, you know, that I got, that I have a name 
for myself and obviously I have a network and, and client base and everything. Like, you know, some people have known me for like, you know, four or five years and all of a sudden, you know, they have done business with me recently. They were just not ready or for whatever reason. You just got to give it time. But I totally, totally understand. It's really hard to get us started. That's the hardest part. Once you got a client base and you got the, you know, name recognition, you know, in a community and everything, it's just get, it, it gets easier. You just have to find somehow, you know, to survive the early months and early years because things are just going to get um, more easy, I would say. Yeah. And I mean, the journey is different for everybody in, in terms of their business. Uh, and some people find success right off the bat um, and then mm -hmm. run into other mm -hmm. troubles. Uh, but there are a large majority of people who, you know, start off as entrepreneurs and they're not able to to make it. And they, they're, you know, struggling right off the, the get go. Mm -hmm. And what I get from your experience and, of course, um, you know, sprinkling in my own experience, I have found that it's about the perseverance and knowing what the end goal is for you. What is it that really drives you? And that's, um, you know, not having to work for somebody in your case. Uh, and for me, freeing up freedom for, you know, down the road was, was my particular case, but having that deep set in your heart and may not know everything else around it, you know, in marketing, we talk about, you know, what is your why and why do you want to do mm -hmm. that sort of stuff? Um, you know, and that's, that's great and all, but you know, the honest truth is, is as you're bootstrapping and you're just getting off the ground, you know, the things that keep you in the game um, seem very superficial at the time, but they're a huge driving, driving force, right? You don't want to be uh, the minion to some other person. And that was huge for you. Right. And for me, it's, you know, working day in and day out, uh, you know, for, for somebody and having somebody else dictate my life was the driving motivation for me. I didn't want that. I wanted freedom and I wanted to do, you know, things that I wanted to do with who I wanted to do when I wanted to do them. And, you know, because of that, I was willing to sacrifice and put in the hard time and effort in the beginning and persevere it. I mean, you know, much like you, we went through really hard times as well. Um, you know, especially when you're juggling two businesses, Mm -hmm. um, and, and one's transitioning out because of health reasons. And the other one is, you know, uh, sort of blossoming and, and, and then has its own set of problems. And of course, in the financial state of, of where that puts you when you're, when you're liquidating one business and buying assets for another business, yes. there's a, there's a, yep. there's a crossover where money is really tight, Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I remember days where, you know, getting a, getting a lunch or a meal was, was hard to come by. And, and thankfully I had friends um, who were able to support me during that time. Uh, let's move on to, to 2014, 20, 2015, I believe you wrote a book. Um, and, you know, I think it's really interesting, you know, when we first, you know, in, in that time period, you know, books are, were really, really a, a valuable commodity now. So I think it's, it's a staple, um, you know, some of them might be digital uh, and then of course there's the paper, but what was the process like and what drove you to want to write a book? Absolutely. I've been writing for 20 something years now, uh, Justin. So, um, and it's really interesting because, you know, there are, there are things that I tell my wife and she's like, oh, really, is it, did, did that happen that easily? So I was never a writer until I was at grade 12, I would say. And, you know, I had um, uh, one of the teachers who was really encouraging for me to write. And uh, I was, I think I was 21 that I was really into like, you know, weight training and bodybuilding and fitness and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I used to see these translation from uh, people in the, in the magazines uh, about, you know, bodybuilding articles, which was very obvious. The person who had done the translation did not really know much about the subject. So it's not just about like, you know, knowing the language, you know, you gotta have knowledge about the subject because there are terms that you just cannot translate from English to Farsi or any other language. So 
I contacted one of these magazines and I was like, hey, I've translated an article which I had done it for for the instructor at a, a you know at my dad's gym and uh, I read the article myself the translation I was like, okay this is not that bad maybe I should send it to you to these guys so I sent it to them and that's how my writing um, I don't know if I call it career I, I really cannot call it career because it's never been you know like you know full-time geek for me but it was my student job back in, back in Iran, actually. So I was a writer and translator for um, for several magazines, like you know, martial arts magazines and fitness magazines. And so I've been published in four countries in English and Farsi, and I've written like you know, 300 articles so far. So writing is has definitely been a passion. So back in 2013. Uh, you know, I thought about writing a book and I was like, oh, and it was part of my marketing as well. And I was, okay, I know only two things is the personal finance and martial arts. So why don't I mix them up and write a book? Because obviously you can write a book, but you got to be different. So I got the, actually there are only two copies left from the previous edition. So so I, and I thought about, okay, what am I going to do? Okay, so what I'm going to do and what I did was I divided the chapters of the book like color belts of martial arts, starting from white belt, basics, yellow, blue, green, talking about like, you know, savings and investments, the common mistakes people make, um, you know, risk management, cash flow, debt management, and black belt, okay, you put things together and you're going to come up with a like you know simple financial plan um and i was okay i was a little bit worried because uh i was like okay mixing martial arts and personal finance is it something are, are people gonna laugh at it but you know i still went ahead with it and the book was received really well i'm so i'm so glad uh so the I had all these ideas. This is this is how I function. I think about things for some time, and all of a sudden I sit down and do it. The typing part. So I had all these ideas in my mind for a long time. Uh, so back in 2013, I believe it was September time. My son was like, you know, six months old at that time. And my wife wanted to, to visit her family in England. So they went away for like, you know, six weeks. That's when I typed like 90% of the book when they were not here. Uh, so 2014, it was released and it was received really well. People like, you know, I was, I was worried about, okay, how are people gonna look at it? What a stupid idea or what has martial arts got anything to do with personal finance or this is cheesy crap or whatever and it was far from it you know people find it found it interesting people found it fun because which is that's what i always try to do um and uh you know i'm working on the third edition uh at the moment uh so the name of the book is personal finance mastery how to get a black belt in managing your money. That's amazing. Thank so you. it's interesting, like, you know, having a book is, is still, I think, a really great lead gen, uh, something that, yeah. you know, you can give to somebody and they can pass it on. And, and what I find interesting is nowadays with social media, a lot of people are, are hesitant about sharing, you know, the things that um, they teach or that they do. Yeah. And in fear of scarcity that, you know, um, if I teach you how to do financial mastery that you'll never come and ask me. And, you know, I know what I think and I know, you know, my own experience was, can you share how that has translated for you when you share that knowledge? I, I would assume that, you know, it would go in, into some, you know, extensive detail on, you know, what they can do it might not be ultra specific because, you know, that mm -hmm. requires a tailor, you know, made solution. But, you know, I think for somebody who's, going to read that they're going to they should have a very good foothold 
about, you know, how to control and manage their finances. How did you find uh, that personal fight about, yep. do I share this and, you know, what value do, does that leave me as a person who's selling that financial instrument? Excellent question, Justin. So reality is, I'll look at photography, for example. Everybody has a camera, at least on their phone. Very few are professional photographers. We can read all these like, you know, articles and videos and all that and watch videos on YouTube about marketing and all that. There are people who do it as a profession. Same as personal finance, Justin. Reality is you can provide some general information in the, in the book or in your videos or uh, like, you know, the online course that I've started doing based on the content of my book. Reality is at the end of the day, it's just a scratch on the surface. If people confuse information with professional advice, it's absolutely true. There is a lot of free information online. How is it going to help you and which one of them fits your situation? That's the job of a professional, right? So I got my book, which very interesting, Justin. Another reason I started my online course is, you know, some people work like, you know, read your book in detail. Like, you know, I've been surprised, like, you know, in how much detail some people have read my book. You know, even they, they've look at the testimonials, like, you know, they, they remember the testimonials for whatever reason. But reality is, majority of people, they buy your book or they get your book as a gift and they never read it. And it's nothing personal they haven't read a lot of books that they have bought already, right? So you're gonna end up with people who, okay, there is information, they're not gonna do anything with it, or they get some general information and they're like, okay, wait a minute, how is it gonna, you know, um, how is it gonna apply to my situation, right? Uh, and, you know, the purpose of the book was to, provide some general knowledge for people. And at the end of the day, they would come to me for the personalized advice. So even without coming to me, they would be way better off, you know, reading the book or taking my, uh, or taking my online course, providing with them with a lot of general, you know, with a lot of knowledge. And here's another thing, Justin, Internet is great. One of the downsides, potential downsides is, it gives platform to everybody. So there is a lot of wrong information out there. A lot, right? So, and it's, it's very interesting. Some of the people who have written a book about personal finance, some of the like, you know, big, big shots or you see them on TV. To my amazement, they have not worked a day as a professional financial planner. Seriously, I don't know how it's that going to work. You know, it's very different if, I read some articles about, you know, marketing. I cannot do your job because I've never done it hands-on. I can go to college, BCIT, or a lot of these private, you know, colleges and learn about marketing to pass the courses, get a diploma. I've never worked a day as a marketer. That's it. That, that's the thing, like, you know, the experience is invaluable. You know, even like, you know, like in few, I would say minutes, sitting down with a couple, I know what's going on in their personal finances. Just by, you know, talking like very generally to them. And I'm no, I am no genius or psychologists or whatever whatsoever 
it's just come with the years of experience of working with people from all walks of life. You know, people, you know, having, you know, negative net worth in their 60s and people who are millionaires, right? So, and these are the things that what I want to really clarify to people thinking about being, you know, an entrepreneur, which is, as you said, really well, it's like, you know, the cool is like, you know, the cool thing for a lot of, you know, young people now. And, and you know, I hear it everywhere. I, I hear it, you know, very often, oh, don't go to school, don't go to university. It's all crap. Just become a business owner. And I tell you this, okay, you want to become a business owner. Imagine yourself as a business owner. Now you want to find one single client. Go do it. See how hard it is in this very busy, crowded, noisy space of social media and anything else. How are you going to differentiate yourself? Forget about what you what you read in the in the you know marketing books. Oh, you got to differentiate yourself. You're going to find your niche. Okay. In real world, in practicality, how are you going to do it? Right. And people are like, you know, they're going to be like, okay, wait a minute. It's not as easy as it looks. And that's exactly what, why Justin, a lot of people just don't make it. They quit even after like, you know, very few months. They're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Okay. This is, I, I just can't do it, right? And as you said, we did it, you know, way before there was Instagram and people, I don't know, um, taking picture in a luxury house or in front of a, you know, luxury car. These are the things that, oh, man, I just have zero tolerance for it, to be, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. you know, and, and hey, if, if, um, if that's your goal, fine. If you really have those things, okay, great. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I just can't stand people, the fake it to make it people who look down at others actually, uh, which they have this facade of being what they, you know, equal, you know, success with, you know, being, having money. And in reality is the reality is something else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I find that, uh, I mean, fake it till make it has always been a, a mantra, you know, long before Instagram. I mean, social media, as many people, uh, many pundits talk about is uh, an exposition of what is already happening, but behind the scenes. Now it's just yeah. brought to the forefront, right? You know, yeah. we've always been vain. We've always wanted to, to chase after uh, the riches and whatnot. It's just that social media has now allowed us to, to do that uh, and personify, you know, what has already been there. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right in the sense that um, to, to put out all of your content, um, you know, in, in a fashion where people can, can consume it, there is uh, a level of which specificity uh, needs to take over for you to really take, a deep effect into you know whatever it is you do so whether it's financial planning or whether it's uh marketing mm -hmm. you know we we have so much information on the internet um you know we have you know all different viewpoints uh some right some wrong some you know indifferent uh and unless you're programmed or understand what questions to ask uh, you can really get lost in that whole thing and, you know, I think what people need to realize is, you know, rather than being scarce about your knowledge, uh, use this opportunity to show people why you're knowledgeable and why they should see you uh, and give them, uh, you know, without reasonable doubt that, you know, you're the one that they should be talking to because you're the specialist in the space. And so I think what it does is it helps actually improve the onboarding process if you could agree um mm -hmm. you know when Absolutely. a person say reads your book has a better understanding at least when you have the conversation you can have an intellectual conversation about it rather than having to start from scratch and say oh i've got to take you through white belt 
And then I got to take you through all the other, all the other different levels to get you to a point where we can actually make, you know, something happen. Um, having that information in their hands early on is a great way for them to just get up to speed, it reduces your onboarding process, which is the time suck uh, and the money suck out of our, our business, right? It's the prep time to get them to a place where we can actually make a difference in their life. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Justin. And one thing about, you know, doing the marketing and videos and all that, and, you know, writing a book, because, like, you know what? Writing is, is something many people are not comfortable with. They just, they just can't do it. Or I just had this conversation with, with, uh, with one lady just yesterday. She's not comfortable with social media or doing videos and doing all those things at all. You know what? If it's not your thing, find a different avenue for doing your marketing. But if people, as you said, they're so scared of, and I usually it's scared of being judged by other people. Uh, I think I'm, I think part of the reason I'm, you know, uh, I don't, I, I just put videos out there and, you know, really don't care about, you know, what people think. And I rarely get mean comments on my posts, very rarely, like, you know, it's been very few. I think it's because of my age that I know like a healthy human being doesn't go out there and, you know, try to, uh, uh, I don't know, post negative comments or, you know, shoot negativity at other people and ruin their post or whatever. They, they just don't do that. So if somebody does that, um, uh, he or she is just not a very positive person and, you know, worse, you know, thinking about, to be honest, their judgment doesn't really matter. You know, at least that's, uh, that's how I look at it. Easier said than done, especially for people who are younger. Uh, but it's just a part of the maturity and part of growing up that uh, you just have to, hey, no matter what you do, you reach to the point in your life and the sooner you get to that point, you know, the happier life you're going to have is some people are going to like you. Some people like you, some people don't. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, some people look at you confident, some people look at you cocky. Some people look at you as kind, some people look at you as weak. You can, and it's, it's, these are like, you know, the moments and aha moments that you just internalize these um, things that happen in your life. And you've obviously, you know, heard about it before that, hey, you cannot be everything to everybody and not everybody, everybody's going to like you. But you just feel that, okay. It is true, and I just have to move on with my life. You know, it's, it's the same with any business. You know, you just have to pick the niche, whatever we call it, to give you a perfect... And, it, you know, finding your niche doesn't have to be that complicated. Usually, you know, especially if it's like, you know, personal service, usually your network of people are people around your age and pretty much same socioeconomic uh, position, you know, position uh, as you will. And uh, you got something, you, you got some common interest for me is martial arts. And, you know, I can talk days about martial arts and sports and soccer for example. And that's just, in, in, in a lot of businesses, Justin, people want to feel they can like you and trust you first, right? As a professional, as a true professional, you already know most, uh, most uh, than many people, right? You're the 
know more than most people. Uh, so it's, you know, the likability and trustability is something that you cannot fake it or, you know, uh, try to convince people to do that. Mm -hmm. they, they just either do they or they don't. And that's fine. You just have to move on to the next person. Yeah, and I totally understand that. And, you know, uh, got to be cognizant of time because um, the show doesn't go too, too long. And I'm sure we could talk days for this and we might have to come and revisit this. Um, but I'll touch on one last thing as we went, uh, as, as you kind of touched on it. And when a person, um, you know, talks about niching, I think a lot of people have a misconception of what niching is. Uh, a lot of people take uh, their time to niche in a particular product and or service. But a niche is not necessarily related to the individual product or service that you offer. And as you kind of touched on it, a niche can also be a specific market that you're after. So those people who resonate with martial arts, uh, people in a certain age demographic, people in certain social economic situations, those are all niches just the same. And so uh, what I find funny is that there are people who maybe promote themselves as generalists. A jack of all trades does a lot of different things. Uh, and that they say that they don't really niche. And if you look really carefully, I think a lot of people will realize that they actually do, in fact, niche. That there is a certain tribe. Um, my, my mantra is, is it's not about the, the product or service that you offer, but more so your niche is the tribe that you decide to uh, uh, project and attract into your ecosystem. And so I think it's really interesting that you touched on that sort of laterally, but in a marketing sense, I think uh, it's a lot of misconception that you have to be, you know, specifically a financial planner for people at this particular age demographic, because, you know, some people feel like it's about money and some people feel like, you know, they're going to have the highest rate of return. But if it's not the people that you generally resonate with and the people that you can't talk for hours on, uh, maybe the niche is a little bit more refined than that. Maybe there are people who believe in, uh, martial arts or, you know, sporting and discipline uh, versus people who, you know, might love wine and culture and, mm -hmm. and those can still be sub niches. Uh, so it is really interesting, uh, you know, to dive down in that particular avenue. And I thought I'd share that. Now for cognizant uh, of time here, uh, I, I always ask my guests uh, one piece of resource that has helped you in your journey as an entrepreneur, whether it be a book, a website, something that mm -hmm. you've encountered that has uh, had a dramatic impact in your career. Uh, do you have anything that has uh, really helped you turn the tide? Great question. Um, I like Gary Vee. I think a lot of people do. Um, and he's all about, you know, being you. And because at the end of the day, you know, it's all about like, you know, people connecting to people. And as I said, you know, being liked and, you know, trustable, which it doesn't come that quick. You got to really give it time. Just like any kind of relationship, you cannot push it. Um, everybody has heard of Tony Robbins. It's just one thing, Justin, you know, a lot of things already. It's a matter of applying the things that you know. And it's so easy because, you know, when things turn negative, it's really easy to forget about all those things, right? All the videos that, you, that you've seen and all the books that you have read. You know, you just, there are things, life is not always pleasant. And, and trust me, you know, we live in one of the most wealthy countries of the world. You, you can, if you, if you want to have some perspective in life, look what people go through every single day. They dream of one day of, you know, living like, you know, like us in Canada. That gives, that gives you some perspective to go through tough times, you know. Um, any particular book, a particular people, people that you, many people have heard of, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, um, Tony Robbins, and there are people in the, you know, uh, the coaches in the financial industry that, you know, some people may not have heard of, but I think the most, one thing that, ha that has kept me in the business 
and I, and you mentioned it, and I'm hundred percent sure you've gone through it. There is absolutely no way you can go through you know tough times without the perseverance, uh, which again, easier said than done. I know that, right? You just have to. Here's here's what I you know what kept me in the you know in, in the business, Justin. I never gave myself an option to fail. It was just not an option for me. You know, I'm not going to quit. I'm, I'm just going to make it happen, right? I never looked at, okay, I'm just going to give it a try for a year. Let's see what happens. I was I've always like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be successful. And, you know, it's good to be competitive. You know, you look at the other people and you're like, okay, he's done it. I can do it too, right? Um, so, yeah, Fantastic. I know again. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Easier said than done. No problem, <laughs> my friend. Um, for those people who would like to learn more about uh, you and your services um, and what it is that uh, you offer uh, in the world, how can people reach you? Absolutely. So the website for my company is called, um, the domain name is, uh, the website address is westlifefinancial.ca. And I do have uh, my, you know, author's uh, author um, financial sensei page, which is financialsensei.ca and also financialsensei.com. And uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna tag my name in the in the, in the post. I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, pretty active in social media. So would be more than happy to help. Fantastic. And for all those people listening, if you guys found value in this uh, podcast, please make sure that you leave some comments, uh, some feedbacks to help me improve the show. And uh, again, thank you for giving me your years and uh, helping us share uh, the information to help another business person do better business. Uh, until our next episode, I hope you guys all have a great day. And thank you, Ali, for joining me today. Thank you so much, Justin. Great to meet you over Zoom for uh, after long time and also thank you so much for the opportunity i really appreciate it amazing